celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Talk Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia ora team, uh, a little intro before the intro, hello. I have started doing in-person interviews, which is absolutely brilliant, but comes with a learning curve. I have learned a lot from this episode with Stanley, not just from the things he says, but with audio quality. So if it sounds a little different, apologies for that. And just know I've learned from this one and I'll be making sure that the audio is always top tier. Thanks so much for listening. Good and welcome to Talk Poppy Talk. Today we have Stanley Henry. Stanley is the founder and managing director of The Attention Seeker, Aotearoa New Zealand's leading personal branding, LinkedIn and TikTok marketing specialists. He's an entrepreneur, organic brand strategist, and a keynote speaker, having lived globally, built credibility, and managed countless staff and budgets. Stanley, you've remained fiercely ambitious and always looking for opportunities to grow, hence why we're in New York right now. Uh, Having just celebrated the Attention Seeker's fourth birthday with a growing team and aspirations without bounds, you're really paving the way with the team you have here today as well. So it's an honor to welcome you to Talk Poppy Talk. First question, where and how are you today? Well, where am I? I'm in this very green thing, which I just found out in Italy, trains or train debt, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we're in New York and uh, I'm doing well. It's been a week, loving it. First question is, you've got two podcasts. You just put out an article yesterday or with Ashley on your yeah. team about the benefit of yeah. like having podcasts. Stan Splaining and Stone, Stoney, yeah. I'm like, okay, so those are two things he does. Yeah. Also putting out eight pieces of content a day, leading your company, yeah. exploring New York, doing all these things. Yeah. I'm like, okay, how many hats does he have? So I'm rather than trying yeah. to figure it out myself, can you explain how, how you do it, what you do? And if someone was like, Stanley, what do you do? What would you answer? Okay, we'll start there. Um, so what I do is that I business and entrepreneur I own a business yeah. and run a business that, that's what I do the way that we do everything else is that we have a team you know you have people, good people around you can help you do it so uh, the article that went out yesterday I wrote um, actually sent me some questions she said can you put the answer these for me yeah. and I need you to write me an intro note for the post and then she did the rest of it together oh, okay. and so we have a system how that works every single week uh, for podcasts um, we did a whole bunch of actually also so actually our marketing and all brand yeah so like she reached out to you she reached out to lots of guests for the podcast yeah and she uh, organized all that we did a whole bunch of pre-recordings kind of records it all the team edits it all they schedule it and post it i do nothing of that the blog is like the thing i do the most okay and <laughs> i mean i don't even do that much last night Tony filmed us having dinner and then i was like can i have the footage because i don't have any footage and then i just like sped it up and put it all set up Joni does a lot. Yeah, she does it. <laughs> so Joni runs our whole TikTok. And I saw like one of the more recent ones with 6.2 million views or something on TikTok from you running around the airport. Yeah. And I'm like, that's funny. I see why that's going viral, right? Like your team yeah. is now at 16 people. It's even more now. Even more? It's 21. Yeah. Okay, that's how I rapidly. That is yeah, crazy. Five and And something I need to know is like part of the attention seeker is is reputation and referrals, scaling up as opposed to trying to buy paid media spots, fighting for ad space, cert content, putting like insane budgets. 
you're like, hey, what got you here? Let's yeah. ramp it up. Yeah. But you've got 21 people and counting. How do you quality control the people you're bringing onto the team? Oh, that'd be higher. Yeah. Oh, I mean, um, you, you mess it up. I mean, we've messed it up times. Uh, and we've had a few people leave. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were great people. They just weren't going to be the people to take us further. There's nothing wrong with what they did with that with us, but like the people we have now, and yeah, some of them might be there. Yeah. Right? So you don't always get it right. You might get it right from time at the moment, but like people change the ball. So anyway, so I don't really like to look like that, but the way we try to qualify is we have a pretty rigorous um, hiring process. So by rigorous, I just mean like <laughs> we put a job ad up, every single person who applies, we bring them all into a group of people. Oh. So we have like 30, 40 people in a group of people. Yeah. And then we make them play games with each other <laughs> and then we find out their personality. Yeah. And you can instantly see the terms. You like get rid of them. Mm-hmm. They're annoying. And then there's a bunch of people that you're like, ah, not really sure about. So then there's, so if they're like really high qualified, you might bring them back to a second interview. And then you get the ones that are sitting down. So yeah. Then the second interview, we literally just sit them with two people that they will be working with every day. And if they can last an hour with that person and have a big conversation, then they go to the third interview, which is leadership team senior leadership. Yeah. And usually they're your mate or something. And that interview is all about trying to convince the master of the job. Like, you don't want this job. It's so hard. What? It's so tough. Okay. Like, we, we don't just have fun on the all day. 99% of what we do is actually real hard work. You know, because most people just think, like, we journey runs around and just build stupid shit. But that's literally, like, 40 seconds in a day. Yeah. That's nothing, right? And so, so we don't do that. And then that will give us, so by that stage, we've been in a group interview, had an hour, one or two staff, and then we've had one of the leadership team. And that's pretty good consensus at that point. So we've got a real good team. Like our team's amazing. Um, and we can filter in that way. But, you know, people change and people grow and then they got to move on and stuff. So I don't usually think about, like, you're not you're finding the right people for right now. Mm. And, that's, and right now we've got this team. I think that's a very refreshing, encouraging way to look at it because, for me, it's the same way when you walked in today. I could pretend like I have it together, but I don't. I'm holding the microphone on my leg because that's how it's going to sound best. Like, and if I'm trying to pretend to be something I'm not, it's not going to last very long. I'd rather come in and be like, guys, stoked you're here. Yeah. Sit down and let me sort my life out yeah. because you want to work with people that you know you can just be yourself, get the job done. And to your point about you put a TikTok out that's maybe going to be 40 seconds. It's a long TikTok like, yeah. of a whole day of filming. You can never turn it off. Yeah. Like When you're trying to create content, build a brand, for me, it's like myself and I'm constantly thinking, how can I build this? How's it looking to other people? And if I'm trying to go with what's trending, I, I, I find that's hard so for you. Like how how do you switch it off or do you ever switch like the, the brain off? Brain? Yeah. Oh, all the time. I outsource it to Jamie and other people. That's <laughs> why she's in your show, right? Yeah. She knows that. Like, I mean, she's great and amazingly wanted to be here, but it's a big expense for us to Jamie here yeah, actually team probably lose out for not having clear with them. Yeah. So I outsource the content production, that's why I bought it. So it's worth it for that. Yes. Because if I'm always having to spend all day trying to think about how do we make content, we won't make any content. No. No, we just won't do it. I'm not a pair. Jamie's a magician when it comes to making TikToks. And and same as all my team, they're all fucking awesome at what they do. But for me, I'm like I'm a businessman. So I understand content systems and how to put procedures and stuff. You know, I don't know if you've seen that like one of the biggest journey I always into 
thirty miles make two TikToks a day. Yeah. She was like, saying like, how am I going to do this? And all the people in her comments was like, that's you know criminal, like that's workplace harassment, like you know <laughs> people are just like, you can't do that. But it was never about her putting out ten TikToks. It was about Jamie realizing how to um, one lead a team, delegate, create a content system, figure out like, if you have to make one or ten, that's fundamentally different. Yeah. Right. So you can't just go. I'll, I'll do what I do for one more. No. Can't do that. It doesn't work. So she had to redefine how she gets done. And then she did it. She did it a couple of times and she gets like five or six now on a good day. That's heaps. I mean, people have been out five, six good TikToks a day. And what I'm loving, because I'm hearing how much you're praising Joni, praising yourself, praising the team. That's what the whole podcast for me is about. The core driver is like, I come to the States and I'm like, sometimes it's a bit much, but the Americans love being proud of themselves yeah. they love being proud of each other and at first i was like okay when's the ball gonna drop i was like why is everyone yeah. being so encouraging that tall poppiness of me i was like all right let's find the opportunity to bring them down and i came for sports so i was like even more so i was like this is a competitive environment and everyone's like very much endorsing each other yeah. and i'm seeing you do that with your team it's so evident across the brand that is the attention seeker and stanley it's like the crux question I have is what is tall poppy syndrome and what's your experience with it? Um, so I, I, I spent my whole adult life looking abroad. Yeah. I didn't been back in Brazil since 2019. Yeah. And so I didn't really know what that term was until I moved back. Okay. I didn't really understand. Like when I moved away, I was 21 at the time. And, but I come from South Auckland. I grew up poor. So I didn't know what tall poppy was because there was no term. Oh, right. Yeah, like, yeah. So I grew up in a poor neighborhood and then I moved away overseas and then that wasn't a thing. Yeah. And, or no one really used the name. Australia, they use it in some places, but not to the extent. And then I came back to this and then I heard everyone talk about it. And because I was putting my head up everywhere, I was posting on LinkedIn, I was putting pictures of myself everywhere. And everyone's like, this is <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, people would walk in the rooms and be like, oh, the most photographed man in Auckland, like blah, blah, blah. Like, people do the shit all the time. Oh, wow. And then I was like, Oh, they don't like this. Like this makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I soon, I, I soon realized that like it was just a lot of insecurity. It's just a hangover from the British culture. I think um, who they just don't call it that. But like, for me, tall poppy is just uh, like another thing that needs to be there. I don't see it in my service season on the one. Yeah. And I just think I think it's the majority of these, but um, I also just think it's just like if you run on the right circles, they won't care. You can still get it. Like, so I, we, I mean, we put up shitloads of stuff everywhere, and uh, none of our biggest colleagues at the media group want us for it. Yeah. Trying to pull us down. But there are definitely people in our circle or people that we know who, like, are waiting for us to pull That is a key difference, right? So maybe they're not saying yeah. it overtly, yeah, 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 yeah. but as soon as there's a little oh, waiting for that, and isn't that, um, yeah it's sad i'm like why are we doing that why are we waiting for someone to go down i ask everyone that question right and everyone's i like how you say it's a hangover from the british some people think it's back to the class system it's all sorts i think everyone's right because it's their own experience but for me i'm like it's it's a reflection of yourself isn't it i want someone else to fail because if they can do it why didn't i do it and rather than asking you like Stanley, how are you guys in New York? How are you making this happen? How is this actually your vocation and your career? 
like I love doing this podcasting but I do it in between my day job so I'm like wow I need to meet you and talk to you because same thing as you being overseas maybe we've got that curiosity to actually just ask people but a lot of people instead of asking like you know how did you grow so high how did you do that can you help me people are just waiting for others to fail and that's what I'm trying to like redirect yeah I don't know why they're doing it like I said I didn't come from that space but from when what I've seen over my time over the last four years is that because I share so much in the journey and I tell everyone what we do I talk about all the mistakes yeah I tell them how we do things that we do like so we have a saying in our business like we don't sell knowledge we sell execution so we give all our knowledge away for free because of that's been our stance we give all our knowledge away we tell everyone our journey goods and the bad and like a lot of people then that get surrounded by how people who hate to talk about them too right because they're like they get to see me and all the goods and glory but all the bads as well mm-hmm. and so i think for a lot of kiwis they don't want this tool hobby it's just a great culture but actually like if more of us just talked about um every part of what we did i think we can start to kill it i completely agree on that one yeah. and talking about it same with like mental health same with everything it opens up that conversation yeah. and you might not have the same experience as someone else but odds are the more you have those conversations i go oh stanley look my friend Claire knows actually about that. I don't know, but because we're having this open dialogue, like, oh, I know nothing about running, but I have this friend who does it. Let me put you in touch. Like, yeah. um, what's it? The, the tide rises all boats or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. We can actually share that information. So I love that you share the knowledge, sell execution, uh, spread that around. Yeah, people just start to buy into it. So I like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it any other way. Except that I think, I think that, when you start to attack tool poppy, you're doing the same thing that the tool poppy do. Yeah. So instead of attacking tool poppy, which I probably did earlier on my journey, because it wasn't well, this is weird, I started to go, well, what's the cure? The cure is to make you realize that I put yourself out there and get this plan as the right thing to do, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what we believe the tool poppy is. And so I, I just did that. And if I do that, more than more people around me are trying to do the same thing which then leads to more people doing the same thing. It's like, um, I don't know if you watch much Gary Vee, but Gary Vee says the same. He's got a good quote where it's like, um, there's two ways to get to build the biggest tower in the city. It's you can tear everyone else's tower down or you can just build a bigger tower. Exactly. Yeah. And so I stopped tearing the other towers down. That's why I struggled to be like, what's too popular to that? Instead I go, what's the cure for it? Yes. The cure for it is do more, put more out, share more of the story, share the good, share the bad. Tell other people how to do it, uh, or how to do it, and then that will be you know like the center of the, the rock pool, right? Yeah, yes, and it ripples yeah. out, and that's my tagline for the podcast before I started was like, I, I thought about it a lot, like my, you know, where you're like it needs to be perfect, as you guys know, you just need to create it and then put it out there. But I landed on the tagline of celebrate success, yeah. learn from legends, grow more poppies. Yeah. Exactly your exactly. point. Yeah. Instead of like, yeah, this sucks. I was like, okay, well, actually, let's talk to people who I'm like, yeah, you're yeah, a tall yeah. poppy. How'd you do this? How did that happen? I always remember Eric Murray, who's like Olympic gold medalist. I am a rower as well, so I was fangirling hard. And I had these questions, and his confidence was like, I've trained so hard for this. I get to the start line. I know I'm going to win. Unless something goes wrong, I'm so confident because I've put in the preparation. I'm like, well, and then you get someone like Kimberly Crossman, who she says, what's meant for me won't pass me by and so all of them have their different ideas of how they 
push themselves forward, advocate for themselves. And I'm like, okay, hopefully that resonates with someone. Yeah, yeah. Like the way I think it's the same thing. This is a little bit different to me, but it's the same principle as that. Like I focus on the inputs and not the outputs. Yes. And, and I had a boss in KDMC focusing on pennies and pounds and take care of themselves. And it's the same thing. Like you, you worry about the things you can control. So for me, it's the inputs. So I know I can make a certain amount of content. Yeah. I can build a team a certain way. I can do a certain amount of interview, sales, whatever it might be. I don't worry about the outputs. They are, they're a foregone conclusion because of all the stuff I've done. So Sam Rivera, right? He's done all the training. Yeah. He turns up on the start line, he knows what's going to happen. He's already done it. But he can't worry about the end race. Yes. He can only, he can't control that on the day. Actually, he can just turn up and do what his body's been trained to do. Preparing for it. And so we're the same. They're actually, and I'll refer to my notes because the name uh, you had mentioned before, um, we, when you had gone overseas, you had a mentor and his name, the late, is oh, it Vikas? Yeah. Pulled you aside. It was like, I see something in you. You don't see. Are you committed? Let's do it. So the question I had around that is like, you're leading your team. Yeah. Of, I had 16, but now it's 21 and growing. Yeah. Um, you had the opportunity of someone pulling you aside and saying, I see this in you. Back yourself. Do you think that's been quite pivotal in the way you even talk about your team here and the team back home? How has it been having such an impactful mentor maybe early on in your life too? How did that shape you? It mattered. The Vickers was like a turning point in my life. One of the many turning points, but um, so I was like 21. Yeah. I just moved to the Gold Coast and like what does a young man at 21 do in the Gold Coast? You just party yeah. and drink and fun. And he was like, yeah, and he pulled me aside. He's just like, you're not an idiot. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, if you don't want a career, that's fine. But if you if you do, I'll give you a chance. Yeah. And then there was that moment, there was that slide of my like, I could have easily just said, oh, I'm good. Like, partying's fun. I mean, I should party to get down to that. But like, I took the shot. Yeah. Right. And then um, it, it then meant that I became a supervisor, which meant I became a business manager. I went to London, I made a restaurant there, I did that, I did a restaurant there, and it just snowballed. And every step of the way, when I took a big jump in career, like us was there, and he would call the person and be like, I've heard Santa Five on this road, you need to give it to me. Oh, because wow. he was so well respected. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, and reputation. Like, yeah, that's it, right? And so, so it, was, it was awesome for me. And then how that has flowed on is that, uh, I don't know if it was just him, just like, his big part of it, I've had other bosses with similar. Uh, but now with the guys, I, I I try to make sure that I see things that I know that they need or want, mm-hmm. um, that they might not know they need or want, and then I'll get in situations also to win that. Um, they don't always like it or know they want it or whatever, but like, it's just part of that thing of like, you don't really know what you want to do. You know? So it's just like, you've got to try stuff. Yeah. And it's like, like our, my nephew Carter, who's interning with us at the moment, he's 17. And he had no idea. Right, come one of the others. It's like I'm just going to be a laborer or something. I had no idea. And then now he's with us. It's like completely come out of the shell. Oh, and cool. this was like he likes doing like TikToks. It's like how do you get paid for this? Like this is ridiculous. Like what is this? You know? And she's paid well for what she does too. So he was like, holy crap! Like there's other things you can do. So I, I love that seeing that sort of stuff. Like even watching Joni and Connor and all the other guys, the other guys who've been with us. But it's hard. Like it's hard as that. I often feel like, I don't know if this works with people on the podcast, but I often feel like Dumbledore or Harry. But 
we're like I'm intrigued. So like Dumbledore, uh, he would put Harry. He he led the pig to slaughter, right? Like I don't know if you've oh, watched the thing. Like I hope everyone's watched or yeah. knows about the story. So <laughs> model. Harry put into situations without really explaining a lot to Harry. Yes, he just did it. Yeah, and it was kind of frustrating for mm-hmm. Harry. Doesn't care from Harry's but in the end of the ride, yeah. And I don't know if that is what we should do, but it's kind of how I feel a lot of time. Like, oh, I feel like the guys are going to into situations and things that they might not know all the information, mm-hmm. they just have to see the swim. And but for the most part, they will swim, right? they will do it because I would do it to the and I would definitely jump in to the pool to save them if they need them. Yes, but uh, yeah, I really like that way of learning because I think if you like. Give someone too much structure, they don't problem solve enough. Yeah. And then they just do they do A B C D rather than going, Oh, how do I get from A to B? You know, they have to figure out A to C themselves. If it's full structure, they're gonna do it differently to you. They might do it better, they might do it worse, but they're gonna do it their way, as opposed to it's the same thing if you try to pretend to be someone else and people don't like you, or if they do like you, it's not you, it's exhausting. So it's like it sounds like you lead them in a way that encourages they know they can reach out to you, but allowing them to flourish yeah. and do that on their own and be able to problem solve. Because there's going to be many instances where I think about AI, right? AI is very topical. I'm sure you discuss it a lot. And it's like, oh, well, AI can build your resume for you. It can. But when you get into an interview, you need to be able to actually speak to those points in it. So it's like that same way of structure is you can have someone else help you and bring you there. But unless you know what you're doing at some point, it's it's going to kind of come to a head. So being able to like, if I fail and I did it authentically myself, that's okay. I'm going to learn from it. But if I failed and it was someone else's structure, then I'm not going to know. I'm just going to be lost. I think, I think the way, I think the better way is better for me is you, if you, so you've got, you've just presented sort of two scenarios, right? So it's either follow someone else's structure or figure it out yourself. So yeah. That's what I see. If you follow someone else's structure, you will eventually learn it all. It'll just take way longer than figuring it out yourself. It just takes more reps to do because you don't learn all the pieces yeah, all yeah. at once. Whereas if you go figure it out for yourself, you'll learn that really, really quickly, like real quickly. Maybe yeah. only once or twice you do it and you've got it. You follow someone else's structure, you might have to do it 40 times. Yeah. Right? So it's just excessive amount of work, which is why I'm like businesses where, like, it's why like McDonald's work is don't really understand operational systems very well. Yet they know structure to a T, right? Like mm-hmm. if you work at McDonald's and you have to make Big Macs, like you can make a Big Mac that are delicious, but like most people will be like, you can't put them in now in a burger restaurant to make a burger. They'll have no idea. They don't know that way. Right. No, no, they couldn't go and create a burger shop. Yeah. Way. They just know how to do a series of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they worked there for 20 years, maybe. Maybe then I've got enough knowledge of doing stuff enough times that they go, you know, I could probably make my own picture. But if you threw someone in the kitchen and you gave them just unlimited supply of meat, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll yeah. Figure it out real fast because I'll give you a burger that like, tastes like that. Make another one, and then they'll do it. And they'll keep doing it. And within like five burgers, six burgers, they figured out they have a decent burger. Yeah. If they then do another hundred times, which they could probably do in a week, they probably figure out how to cook the end of the burger. And then it is, it is like a school in the UK that does it's a seven day course to make a product. It's the guy who made Heller's, I think it was Heller's thing. Oh, like Heller's sausages? Yeah. Like I think it was Heller's one of them. He went, well, maybe it was France. He did this course for seven days, just learned how to make sausages for seven days. And now he knows. And he yeah. Sausage, he sold it 
So like the idea is when the way I'm trying to teach you guys is trying to accelerate their learning. Right? Like they can still learn it by getting structure, but they just want to learn anything that is fast. And it frustrates them to know it. Like all Joni wants to do is tell is for me to give her the answer. And then she has a running joke and just saying, why? Like I just ask I just she'll ask me a question and I'll say, What do you what do you think the answer is? What do you think you should do this way? Oh it's not stuff. She's just gonna fuck with Yeah. But it's not the strength whole Yeah. She's putting a joke because she's here, but the whole is like but that question answering allows them to put themselves in the head. Mm. I suppose if I just give them the answer, they'll take the answer, they'll do the thing, and they'll come back tomorrow with the same question. Yeah. Interesting you say that something that I often say with like my dad is if something doesn't work like tech wise he's like well why how does that work and I'm like I don't know how to work with it I don't know why it works it just works like I plug these things in and it works my dad's mind he's someone who's like well what's happening inside of it so then if it breaks he could fix it if this breaks I'm like YouTube like I have no I just know how to make the thing do the thing so to your point I don't actually really know how to how this functions I just know at like a surface level how to get the thing to do what I want to do and that's fine for me like there are some things and I relate that to tall poppy like I don't need I don't want to be the best at maybe writing or copywriting or something but I do want to be the best at not the best I want to be great at having conversations with people so I'm going to put my energy into that and I'll just get by like with my research make sure it's enough not that it sounds oh, I'm smart and I did my research and so when I get here I'm like oh we want to talk about the 23 countries you've been to or yeah. this or the weeks like I know that so I can have this dialogue yeah. with you and I feel like the way I'm relating that back to tall poppy is like everyone has their own way of doing things and being able to take and learn from others like I'm going to take something away from this conversation that Claire or Joni they're going to take something else away from it because we're all unique in that and not trying to follow someone else's structure yeah yeah oh for sure yeah I mean you, you it's you can only hear the things that you can hear at the time because of the experiences See, there's an article I read, wrote, which was uh, the opening quote was, uh, "No man steps in the same river twice because it isn't the same river and he isn't the same man." Yes, and uh, it's not my quote. If anyone can tell me I'm smart, it's his quote. But the point of that is that, like, I I, I put that quote in there at the time because I I read a lot of books and I was that particular year I was going to reread all the books I've read before. Because what you take out of them the second time isn't going to be the same as you take out the first time. Yeah. So the four of us sitting in this room are all hearing a different podcast. Yeah. And everyone who listens to this will hear a different podcast because it doesn't matter that they're saying the same things. They will only hear the stuff that relates to the experiences that they've had. Yeah. Right? So, so you're right. Like, everyone's on their own pace. You can't compare or compete the way that. You just got to take what you can at the time and use the best you can. Um, yeah, that's my And I want to focus back in on you for a second. So I'm going to refer to this notes because you're giving me the wisdom. But there was something that was quite interesting. Is like, I always find this fascinating. Someone can be like, oh, yeah, I worked on this for a year or two years. And it sounds very quick. Like, okay, but the actual year or two years or four years was hard. There was nights where you're like, why am I doing this? And like, for you, yeah, it says you were, you left, went to the Goldie have been all over 23 countries. I think you even said at one point, all up like six weeks homeless, technically moved around. And I'm like, okay, now we're in this position where we're sitting on this comfy couch. We're in New York. We're like, 
oh yeah cool that was all character building but at the time there was like you're on that fifth week of where am I living where's my next meal or like oh my gosh I'm trying to manage these people and my a bit of imposter syndrome it's like I just want to acknowledge and take a minute to appreciate very impressive what you've built and it's fun to sit here and be like oh cool yeah tell me about it but I'm like can you actually tell me some of that like gritty part of it what values guide you when you're making decisions when you're like what am I going to do next how have you been able to go through all those ups and downs to get where you are is there like a strategy or is it yeah I think I think where people when you reflect back yeah uh, so so, there's couple, so I, I'm the author of my own story right so I get to write all the content you get to see. yeah so I can make the lows look low and the highs look high to tell a good story otherwise you won't read it yeah so but in the reality of it when you're going through life you don't notice them like yeah. when you're going through the day to day, it just happens. And then when you look back, you're like, well, that's some crazy shit that's happened, right? Like, you just don't realize. Like, even like, people might look at our success, but this is crazy. Like, on Thursday, we rocked up to our apartment and just the buyer's remorse we all had of going, like, oh my oh, God, no. this is terrible. We're in a basement. The two bathrooms we have are both in Jenny's room. Oh. You know? Like, so we have to go share showers. <laughs> like, it was so bad. Like, and then it was just filthy and gross and the girls spent two days cleaning the whole place and like people think that we're like living it up in new york and we walked into the shithole of an apartment i think it's great now guys it's actually a real cute part but it was gross it was just yeah gross. two days of cleaning like it was now it's now it's fantastic <laughs> and the guys have like bought some stuff they made it amazing like it's such a good place but like in the day you just deal with it it's just it's just busy it's just like like life's just weird yeah just, it's not perfect. And as you go through it, you don't really notice it. It's just like, oh, this is a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Move forward. Some days are really bad. Like some days, you know, you might have to fire a start or you might have a client or, you know, there's these bits or like I was going this for six weeks. Um, the, there are some things that are like real tough, but then the next day rolls around and then it's like, oh, okay, there's another set of challenges. Yeah. And so at the time, you don't even know. But then, you know, like we're four years in. So what are we, like day 1400? Yeah. You just like look back and you're like, yeah, it's crazy shit. Yeah. It's crazy shit. Now I can tell the story that makes it sound real crazy. But at the time, it was just like, it's Tuesday. Yeah, but that's the marketing, the personal brand expertise coming out there, isn't it? Of like being able to look back and brand it. And I think more so than ever, the way I'm growing up and entering the workforce is like you're your own personal brand. Yeah. You don't need to be an influencer. You don't need to be intentionally trying, but everyone has a personal brand. Yeah. They just call it a reputation or, you know, how you know. So, uh, maybe you call it different things. And I appreciate that a lot because even I'm looking at what I did. I went to AUT. Yeah. Then after a year, I was like, rowing's going pretty well. I'll go back to Waikato because yeah. I'm from Cambridge. Like yeah. That's the place to be. End of the second year, get an opportunity to come roll in the States. So I was like, three years, three unis. Yeah. Grace, like, you're sounding a bit flaky. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just spoke to one person and they said, oh, you have such a diverse experience. And I was like, I like the ring of that. That is excellent. And it completely flipped the way I looked at it. So yeah. to your point, there was times I'm like, Grace, what are you doing? Like you, you keep jumping and jumping. And then it takes maybe, in that instance, it was an external person seeing something that I didn't see. Yeah. And it just like 
literally like a light switch. I was like, oh, cool. This is experience. This is life experience. And I think um, I definitely have felt the pressures of like, you need to have it together. It needs to look linear. It needs to look like there's stepping stones going and talking to you. I'm like, well, maybe you can actually look back and be like, oh yeah, no, cool. Let me see how that rides out. Like, People, when they look back and they tell them their journey, it's linear because time's but the path was linear. Yeah. Nah, like, that is the most, like, crock of shit ever. Like, it's just not, like, not even close. Like, you know, my life has been a series of, like, darting around all over the place. Like, even this business in the last few years, when we moved back to New Zealand, uh, was going to be a mortgage advisor, and I was going to run I thought potentially was like a leadership coaching sort of thing. I thought I was pretty good at leadership at that. And we hit the ground running, and then some other stuff happened. And then we realized we hated finance. I realized that no one was going to pay me for leadership coaching. So, like, this is a kid, I don't know what the So, and then people started being like, oh, can you help us on LinkedIn? And, like, we drove back the other day. We're, we're driving back from the North Shore to Ponsonville, we live in Auckland. We're driving over the bridge, and we saw. Like, reminded of us when we first got to four years ago and we were talking about it and I was like it was such a scam like we were selling LinkedIn outreach crap for the first one it was like dodgy mm. schemes and it was, you know like it was just it was just like real basic so different from where you're at now right? yeah. yeah and but that hasn't been linear growth like we've darted around mm-hmm. done all this stuff we've been LinkedIn ads for a while we, we've built websites for people we've done all this random shit but now, like where we are, and if I look back and tell that story, and people are like, say, like, we did this, we did that, and they say, no, I didn't. I like, lucked my way into it. But, like, that's the whole thing that I'm afraid to say, like, an opportunity when you're prepared for opportunities, and we, we took them as a camp. Yep. And we ran out, put a lot of risk into it. Um, but it's not linear, not by a long shot. No, and that's that coming back to Tall Poppy, as I always do. Other people can look at that and be like, oh, wow, Stanley and Claire, like, that's so cool. How did they do that? And you're just open like, oh, well, there was this and this and that and that. And that's what creates really great conversation. And people don't feel like the stress of like, oh, well, I need to know what I'm doing next week and next year and have a five-year plan. If you do, epic. Yeah, Power to you. Yeah, um, but then also be willing to know like, hey, an opportunity might come up in year two that doesn't fit in with my five-year plan. But if I'm willing to pivot, like, that's actually going to maybe take me here and maybe that's going to be not what I want to be like I was going to say step back but no it's just wherever it is but it could be something crazy so allowing yourself to be like oh, I'm actually going to evolve and grow yeah. with it you've got to take off you never know what's coming back. yeah you never know your best thing plans are going to work out you just think that they will you're not sure if they will um so if another opportunity comes in you're like you would go someone's telling you to go for it just do it like it's like New York like we said it's uh, next year, March, April, we do this. And so it was always a goal. Oh, wow. And then I said to Claire and March and this year, I was like, why are we waiting until next year? Like, what's the point? Which is like, I don't know, it's just the date we said. And then I went to Nate, my GM, ECD, and I said to him, hey, do you think I can go earlier? What do we need to do? And he's like, yeah, this is my goal. And like, Nate's like super carefree, like, he doesn't think things through properly enough. Um, <laughs> Which is great, I love him because mm-hmm. you're just going to get shit done. So you just made a whole list of shit you have to do. And we did it, and now I'm here like six months earlier than it's supposed to be. Well, because like, and because we just go 
that plan is a plan, though. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Or you just change it. And then while we're in New York, we need 10 weeks. I guarantee you. Like, I, I put a post up the other day that said something about similar to I, I look back at this post and we team and think, man, that young team. They had no idea. Had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Something will happen. I'll meet some person who just introduced me to something and I'll have a decision. Will I go for that? Mm-hmm. Or I'll go keep down this other path. If I take it, yeah. Think anything can happen. So, Johnny just has to make one TikTok that gets 34 million views or something, which is not that far fetched on, on our TikTok, right? Like, we'll make a TikTok and it can just blow up. So, we have a, we have a theory of that. Well, I have a theory that Johnny's getting forced to adopt. It's just that, like, by putting out volume, yes. Um, one, she's learning how to be a video creator, and so are the whole team. But, like, I would rather 40,000 people watch five videos a day, six days a week. Than one video a week. Yeah, yeah, you know, like totally. Just, they're, they're a more engaged audience. They're more likely to you know, buy whatever we're selling, whatever it is. And we can see it. Like when Jamie gets into rhythm on our TikTok, for example, we'll put out six or seven videos every day. Mm-hmm. We will, like, as an example, maybe six weeks ago, she was real consistent with what I needed to do a whole bunch of work. Uh, she, uh, we had 18 weeks come purely from TikTok in one week uh, for about. I think it was about 50 TikToks she put out in a week or like that. The next week she put out maybe 15 or so because she had other stuff that she was doing. We had one thing coming. Yeah. And then every time she ramps it back up, the lead starts to flow back in. So I would rather box at a little. But we have a, we, have, we call it, well, it's not our terminology, but it's fan service and fan acquisition. So the fan service content we know go off. Yes. They're the big ones that we put a bit more time into. So like our presentation ones that we do. Where our presentation TikToks always get millions. Um, and then there's all, all the storyline content, like the tattoo content, yeah. storyline. You always know that one's going to work well. But then there's like the interrogation ones, or the link ones, all the other ones that we do, which are what we call fan acquisition, our fan service content. And that there is for the service of fans to give them what they want, to teach them more about us, to tell them more about yep. the team, to introduce new characters, all that sort of stuff. And then you do this, but if you do all fan acquisition, if that's all you do, like people get more. They're not going to stay around. They're not going to stay around. There's no depth to it. There's yeah. no depth to the story. There's no law. You know, like, whereas, like, people who follow us probably with 50,000, 100,000 that come in every day to watch three or four videos, those guys know us, like, something else. Like, you get to our lives that we're doing at the moment, but they're just in the comments. Like, they know stuff. Yeah. Like, it's scary. Well, it ties to, to your point about leads and getting, like, quality, essentially quality over quantity. I'm putting out content once a week, do a podcast. And then like when Ashley reached out, it's like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Like I like had a total like yippee moment of like someone's reached out to me. Like I'm always like sliding into DMs or trying to set emails. And then I'm like, this is le- legit wicked. Now we're in the Barrow group interviewing. Yeah. It's like, how did we get here? And that's because putting content out, I wasn't, I, I had actually had you on the radar, but there's been, you and then someone else would have actually come to me and I'm like, oh, I'm the man. Like, oh, like that's crazy. Like, that's, it's so cool. So that's like a celebration moment to acknowledge. But yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm like, yeah, you keep putting the content out and it just takes one really, one ear who listens, who's like, oh, like, I do want to talk as time is fine about you being in New York. I know you said you made it come early here for 10 weeks. 
what is the purpose? What's the why of being here and not just staying in New Zealand? Um, there's, there's a number of them. The, the logical answer is that it's a feasibility study. <laughs> but it, it's true. It's like, is it feasible for us to open an office here? Yeah. Actually move here? Do we actually want to live here? It's so different to being here 10 weeks as it is for a week and a holiday, right? So like, is it a city we can end up living in? We, we and I both get here before we love it. If there was another city in the world we wanted to move, it was always New York that's top of our list because we both live in London, we both in Tokyo, we both in Australia and whatever. So there's that piece. But it's just like, at, um, in New Zealand, we are a tiny little market. Like, it's stupid. Like, I walked from West Village to the race. We walked about 20 blocks to get here. Mm-hmm. And we would have walked past the population of New Zealand. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's mental. It's, like, yeah. That, that's why we're in New York. Yeah. And that's why we're in Manhattan. Like, that's why we didn't know. I was like, oh, why did you go to Brooklyn? I was like, I might as well be in Australia. It's actually far. Like New York, yeah, Brooklyn, the Bronx, like they're all epic, but their own little cities. You need to be here. So what we do too, like for us to really move here, we're going to need to pick up some decent size accounts. Yeah. And we're going to need people who are going to be 50K retainers. To make it. To make it worthwhile, right? And so those businesses are working. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're going to do. So so the reason why we're here is like, can we do it? Is there a market for us? Does what we offer appeal to the US? Um, and like, can we make that into the market? And so that's what this team is about. It's not about getting a bunch of clients. Like, we don't have to get a client. We just have to see if it's something we can do. So most of this trip is just uh, meeting people like yourself, doing things like this, putting ourselves out there, making content, um, having random coffees with people. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Americans aren't really like coffee people. Like, as in, when I say coffee people, like, they don't just say two o'clock in the afternoon and sit down and have... No, there's no time for that. They're just like... Like, no thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it really, like, there's a guy that's... Um, uh, so, there's a company in New Zealand that's helping to write a book. And then they... Epic. They know, they know a person, yeah, he's going to introduce me to some agents uh, to try to get a book deal. And I was talking to him about getting a coffee. He's like, why don't we just get a beer, like... I'd much rather get here if you just do this at 5 30. And you're like, okay. Okay, oh, okay. So, well, we, you know, like that. So, that's kind of fun. Anyway. Just to sit down and be amongst this energy. And I know you put that in some of the content. It's like the city is yeah. churning. And that is the benefit of being here. And like you said, you walk past a plethora of people doing their own things. Everyone's racing a mile a minute. It is a little bit um, all consuming sometimes. Yeah. You do enjoy being able to step back and like slow down. However, while you're here and you're amongst it, you're absolutely making the most of it. And I think the things you're going to learn, again, relating back to Tall Poppy, you'll take that back to New Zealand. You'll tell the team like, oh, we did this. And it might just be, even if it was a handful of things this experience has given you, it's because you've put yourself in a different environment and you're curious minds who want to learn from other people and have those conversations. I think that's related back to Tall Poppy syndrome and you know, growing poppies instead of cutting them down sharing that knowledge when you go back which is really embedded in what you do oh absolutely like there's heaps of lessons that we're going to learn on this trip that we will, that we will share i think what's going to be weird is we forget which is why we don't get so much like, to look back at the content to remember what we learned yeah think. but yeah no, there'll be heaps of lessons that we learned. we've already learned a bunch of lessons there's already been talked about um or i've seen 
amongst us as a group of what we've learned and grown for, just like even dynamics between Claire and I and a relationship and how we deal with having living with other people, everything, right? It's not all business, like that's not how business works, like best people at the end of the day, so it's heaps of stuff that we're learning. Um, but yeah, there's so much to soak up. I think the one of the other reasons why New York is that I wrote a post about this the other day on like um, to, to be better at chess, you've got to make better opponents. And it's New York, like, yeah. what better place? Yeah. You know, you don't get these opportunities to be around people who are at the pinnacle of what they do. Yeah. And that's going to allow us to be better. And so in New Zealand, not that by any stretch of imagination are we the best company in New Zealand, but there wasn't, um, if you take what we do, there wasn't a lot of companies who could do it at, like at a much higher level than what we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there have been people, of course, but they weren't you know, exceptionally better. Yeah. You know, like when, as a small business, we had cracked some stuff, like some of the content that we done sometimes, and been some of the most engaged content that we've ever had on this platform, shit like that. So like, we'd already done some big shit. But you go to New York and like, everyone's like, so what? We do that on a daily. You know, it's like, Okay. It's just more people. It's just more people, more time, more things can happen. So I think for us, like that, that, that learning from the office is going to be outrageous. In 10 weeks, if we don't come back, the, the, the investment of what I've learned and what like, Claire would have learned, but, and also what Jane would have learned, would have been worth the whole spend. Oh, sure. absolutely. And in 10 weeks' time, it's going to be bloody cold as well. So the content's going to be you with a shaky hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> filming the Bryant Park Christmas markets like to your point week one to week 10 like two and a half months is a long time and what I love too about being in different environments and you know it so much better than I is like you have that New Zealandness you have that quirkiness like I love being here because you talk and people are like you're so funny I'm like oh I did nothing to earn this but thank you it's just the way we talk so having that edge while you're in this environment you be a little bit bold. You ask people questions because they're like, oh, are you from Australia? And you're like, no, say it once. Then, then I'll forgive you. But things like that, um, I'm kind of realizing like, okay, in the New York environment, I'm different because of the voice. But if I go back to New Zealand, I'm different because I've been in America. Or if you went back, yeah. you'd been different because you'd spent 11, 12 years overseas. Like sometimes you put yourself in a different environment so you can come back to home or whatever it is. And realize like, oh, I've actually got that spark, that quirk, that maybe just because of the routine, I hadn't appreciated yeah. like what I have and what I bring. So I'm excited for what the next yeah. nine weeks will bring for all of you. I, I want to keep rambling, but I won't. I want to do an open-ended open mic if there's anything you want to timestamp in this moment. And then I have a sign-off question. But here we are, October 11th. Is there anything you feel like I didn't ask, we didn't talk about, that you want on record? Oh, really? Like, there's. I talk. I make so much content. Everything I want to say is on probably on repeat. Yes. Um, I do want to say this is cool though. Like, when people watching this, like, you know, Grace is like she's a bit scrappy, but like, she's got like a full on podcast set up here, which is pretty crazy. She might be filming this on a MacBook, but the I can see the quality is fine. What I love about this is like, this is how you make content. Yeah. This is how you make content. The, you don't make content by doing it perfect, you make content by putting it out. Like that's that's all there is. And I think like this setup, like holding this, like this is so this is so Sean twenty twenty, man. Like twenty twenty one. Like my first videographer now, Tim Sean. Her and I 
start making podcasts together because we're learn how to make you know, no idea. Yeah. And this is what we did. We did this sort of shit. Oh, I love that. We started as product to businesses. Wow. Yeah, like we just did this sort of scrappy stuff and I just think that like not enough people do this. So this means that like whatever you do in life take off because like if you can do this, you can do anything. Most Aww. people most people can't do this, right? Ninety nine percent of people can't do this. For sure. Yeah. They just can't do it. Like they just will never ever ever do it. How old are you? Twenty four. Oh fuck. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we said before we started recording, right? Like I do want to get a camera because now I'm doing in-person ones, but I'm not going to be all the gear, no idea. At the beginning, you have to back yourself. You have to invest. And I know that's something, there's so much content you have out there, but one is like, you need to fund and prepare, whether it's a year or whatever it is. Like, okay, I need to invest in the audio. And as the content builds, I'm like, okay, maybe next thing will be a tripod so I don't have to hold the mic. Like, let's get there. But what, not that I'm selling, but what I'm confident is, is I can walk in here and be like, yep, Stanley, I'm going to hold this mic. Yep. Cool. Yep. And you're like, respect that. And I know that you respect it because of what you've done. And I really appreciate all those kind words because it's like, it, it is very encouraging because it can be a bit intimidating sometimes. So hearing that as someone who's a tall poppy yeah. in this field, I'm like, thank you. Thank you but so you much. You come and do a morning show with us one day at the Oscar Yeah. People yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got umbrellas as a microphone. It was bananas, it was bananas oh, yesterday. Yeah. We'll see what week nine or ten you're, you're working with. Okay, sign off question. Ask everyone. You can only have one meal for the rest of your life: breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's not a death row meal, but it is just the same meal consistently. What is it going to be? It's going to be a full meal. Yeah. Oh, it has to be a full roast pork. Yeah. And that's breakfast as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> I love roast for dinner. Oh, breakfast. Oh, my God. Okay. But when I say full roast dinner, it, it has to be bread. So I always have bread. Yes. So full. And veggies. Potatoes, veggies, full pork, crackling. Yeah. Any sort of drinks? We're going water. I drinks as well. Yeah. I can't. So if I choose a drink, I can't. And it's not water, but I can't have water. Uh, water is okay. I make the rules. So water is, you so have to have that. Yes. Oh, that's expensive. Coffee, but. Coffee's fine, like, can't Okay, so water and coffee. Nice. <laughs> okay. If it's not coffee, it's good, but otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I just, my nice is coffee. That's why you have the team, because Claire's like, I'm not going to be dealing with you every day for the rest of your life yeah. without coffee. Coffee's like, <laughs> and I appreciate too something, and we could make, I know, last question, but to touch upon is you've been quite vocal about taking absences or like taking breaks from drinking. In general, something for me, and you're like, maybe I have it if it's a celebratory, uh, just kind of a high level. How do you think that that has benefited you, kind of taking those breaks from drinking? Not sure what the status is now. That's you don't need to dive into that, but um, has it just been a challenge, or do you think you operate better? Oh, I'm only sitting next to you today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Alcohol. Uh, I love alcohol. Like I think alcohol's great, and it tastes good. Like. Like, tastes very mm-hmm. like I think when you're young, alcohol is an important part of social bonding. I think it's like responsible drinking myself. I didn't drink responsibly because I was a idiot, drank too much, but alcohol is terrible for us, like just absolutely terrible for us. Um, it doesn't mean that it should stop, it, it, like, I get why they do it, I get the social aspect of it. It's, I think the world wouldn't be where it is today without alcohol either. I think that. The social bonds that it helps create is yeah. important as well. 
but if you want to be productive or if, if you have a problem drinking, especially like if you drink too much or really hard you can drink. Don't call turkey for a year was the first time I did it. Was that changing? Like I would not eat like Claire wouldn't be with me. Like I wouldn't have this business. I still be working hospitality, um, doing what I was doing. And uh, so yeah, look, I don't want to shoot alcohol down. It's like I, I enjoy it. I like it. I over that since twenty seventeen till now, there have been times that I drunk mm-hmm. in New York. I'm gonna drink a couple of times. Like we're gonna have drinks from go out to dinners and stuff like that. It won't be part of the culture of it. Yeah. But we're not gonna get pissed. Like, mm-hmm. We're not gonna get drunk. And then when I get back to his own, stop drinking. Okay. And I'll just stop drinking. And I'll go for three periods of time, which is like never had a drug. Um, so it's uh, my brand is that I don't drink. So I, I like, I won't go drink with clients. Yeah. Yeah, I don't drink with clients. I don't drink with my staff. Like, I've drank some time with Jenny and this drink. But it's different. You're it's different to living thing. together for this This will be the first time I've drank Yeah. Well, except for like one person party with this person. But yeah, so if you are drinking a lot and it's multiple times a week and you want to use shit, you can't find the time, just try to go back, or even just for three months. It'll change your life. Thank you. And I did want to take that moment because you have been open about it before and that's not really something I ever dive into because a lot of these tall poppies are succeeding being high performers. That's a question I want to ask, but you don't always know if it's appropriate to ask. So thank you for to discussing that because I think that's cool and will generate hopefully some good conversation with, with people listening thinking, yeah, maybe I can find some time in the week. But also, as you mentioned, sometimes people don't want to go for a coffee. They want to go for a beer. So how do you balance both? And I think you've articulated yeah. that well. Like this guy that I think a beer of, uh, I went for Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll have maybe a non-alcoholic drink or something like that. Like I'll or non-alcoholic beer or yeah you know i just have a coke yeah you know so it's not like i drink all the time like even when i drink so over the last six years i reckon uh about 95 percent that i have drunk okay yeah awesome this has been such a joy i really hope this conversation goes on who knows where it will be if it's uh in new zealand here or else but to formally wrap up Thank you for being on Tall Poppy Talk. I'm going to take so much away from this. I'll listen back a couple of times myself and uh, check you out online. This has been epic. Thank you so much for listening to Tall Poppy Talk. We'll see you next time. Feel free to check us out on socials, YouTube and the website. Thanks for today's guest and we'll see you all next time. Take care. Be kind.